I'm Neil Wilkins, and welcome to The Mindful Living Show. So a lot of you have been asking me, and uh, I guess I've heard this regularly over the years, a lot of you have been asking me about marketing analysis. What does it actually mean? And these terms, macro, micro, internal, kind of how do they all work together to give you a sense of the world around you and how that can inform your business decision making? So in this session, I'm going to talk you through the concepts of marketing analysis. Uh, It's not as dry as it sounds. It's not uh, deep and heavy. Well, it can be if you want it to be. But the idea really is to be gathering and capturing information and content and ideas and opportunities and putting those all into a melting pot to allow you to make really, really great decisions to grow your campaigns, to uh, enter new markets, maybe develop new products and services, and in essence, really do the right thing commercially for your organisation. So we're going to talk through what we mean by marketing analysis, and we're going to look in detail at macro, micro and internal, the three sort of constituent parts, if you like, um, that make up this concept, which for most people, most organisations is the starting point in everything that they do correctly in their marketing and business development. So let's begin, as we normally do, with a bit of a definition. And the definition of marketing analysis that, uh, as I was doing my research for this uh, particular presentation, I thought was actually quite a nice one. Um, This definition of marketing analysis was uh, created by Alexa.com. And they have said that a market analysis is a quantitative and a qualitative assessment of a market. In other words, it's the the numbers, the quantifiable size, if you like, um, and the objective scoring or rating of a market, as well as some of the softest stuff in terms of market attractiveness, market sort of um, receptiveness, and um, basically longevity of the opportunity. So there's a kind of a soft thing going on here, and there's also a hard thing going on here. So the kind of the factual stuff, as well as some of the more subjective stuff. Now, a marketing or market analysis looks at the market size. Maybe it looks in detail at the market segments, maybe into things like customer buying patterns, and in fact, actually who the customers potentially are within a market. It's almost certainly going to be considering competition. Um, Probably you're not the first into a market if you're looking to analyze it. And also the economic environment. Some markets potentially are trending in a growth and a positive sense. Others might be shrinking, contracting. Or they might be a very, very old market that um, is quite sort of flatlined. So it gives you really a sense of the the market conditions, if you like. And you can then obviously build your decision making and your um, opportunities around those things. And we'll look at how you do that in a while. So a marketing or market analysis looks to conduct a competitive analysis. And this word competitor comes up a lot when we look to analyze markets because you're not going to be operating in isolation. That's a really important thing. And of course, the style of a market or the um, analysis that you're doing is going to be really important to try and align culturally um, and within some of the the subtleties of a market, um, your organization. So some markets might look um, sort of quantifiably as a really, really great opportunity, but they're kind of not in, in sync really with the tone of voice or the style of your organization. So we're looking here to consider a whole bunch of different elements and try and draw 
all those together and bring together something that will give us a really, really good opportunity to really make great decisions going forward. So the way that I like to define a marketing analysis, now you'll notice already if you're really observant or really sort of keen-eared um, in this particular presentation that I've used interchangeably the word marketing and market because in my view, they are kind of interchangeable because if marketing is reflecting the view of the marketplace, then it is one of the same thing. And that's really, I guess, the ultimate situation and scenario is that we are really reflecting the voice of the market back into the organization. And that's for me why I consciously um, use that, um, that term market and marketing interchangeably. But anyway, whichever way you're going to view this thing, let, let's begin here really by sort of understanding why we would be looking to do this kind of thing called a marketing or market analysis. Now, for me, it comes into four sort of practical viewpoints, really. The reason why we'd want to get a, a deeper view of a marketplace is to see that it's attractive, reachable, practical, and has some kind of longevity. So let's, let's consider those four things, attractiveness, reachability, practicality, and longevity. So attractiveness, in other words, how attractive is a market or is the context of a particular sector to us as an organization? So we need to kind of conduct an analysis that kind of rates, if you like, how attractive a market might be to us. We also need to look at reachability. How reachable is it? You know, it might look attractive, but can we actually practically reach it. In other words, are there many, many gatekeepers? Is this market or this marketplace or this country or this region, is it kind of locked up in terms of contracts already existing between the suppliers and the providers within that marketplace? How reachable is it? And this is particularly pertinent if we're looking to introduce a, mar um, a product rather into a new marketplace, you know, kind of what is the market dynamic? We need to find out whether we can actually reach what might look on the surface to be a really great opportunity. Can we practically reach this market? And how practical is it? You know, is it practical for us to actually serve a market? If there's a huge market opportunity, do we have the resources within the organization to be able to serve that market? And it might be worth us then considering maybe a niche of that market. So practicality needs to be factored into our marketing analysis. And also longevity, we've got to be careful that we're not doing knee-jerk reactions. You know, a lot of the time when we do some kind of analysis or rating of a marketing opportunity, we look at it and we think, oh, it's all nice and shiny. Oh, look, it's all, you know, glitzy and, um, you know, we must go for it. We must go chasing the latest thing. And then it's gone in a fleeting moment. So let's look at also the longevity of the opportunity, because if this is something that we can factor into our strategy, in other words, take it in the longer term or maybe even just the medium term, it might then prove to be a really good decision. So as we do market or marketing analysis, we need to look at the attractiveness, the reachability, the practicality and the longevity of the opportunity. So how are we going to kind of draw this together? So if we're looking at, a, at a, an, an analysis and we're looking to kind of try and put this into some kind of grid or some kind of format, 
often the way that we do this is we use a SWOT analysis. So the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Now the marketing or market analysis is gonna come from the opportunities and threats that we see as we look outside of our organization or outside of our business. In other words, we see opportunities, we identify threats, and then we use the strengths and weaknesses of how our organization might want to respond to those opportunities and threats to give us a bit of a baseline. And that's really what we're after here is establishing a baseline that gives us an opportunity to respond or not. And actually not responding could be a conscious decision that is really the best decision that we could be taking. So really the opportunities and threats are looking here to align the things that we see as we look outside of our organization as a potential opportunity with the goals and the strategies that our organization has. Is there alignment? Well, if there is, then maybe it makes our chart and our SWOT analysis. If there isn't, then maybe we park them for a future. And also the threats. If we see some obstacles, if we see some things that we've identified as things that we've encountered before that maybe are rearing their head again, or maybe we see maybe a new big dominant competitor coming into the marketplace. Again, we need to factor that in as a threat. It's not that we won't do th things as a result of seeing that, but it's that we're factoring it into our decision making. And then we can align ourselves, our strengths and our weaknesses as an organization against those opportunities and threats. So can you see what's happening here? We're starting to get a really nice balanced view. And this is what we're looking at here. Even before we start considering the macro, micro and internal stuff, we're trying to get a framework to give ourselves a balanced view of the opportunities, starting to kind of sense and get a sense of the context whether or not this is worth pursuing, whether or not this is worth devoting a little bit of extra time to delve a little more deeply. Now, of course, if the answer is yes, it is, and we see this as being quite well aligned, it's an opportunity that's a context that we think, hmm, maybe we've got some kind of response we could make to this opportunity. And yeah, we know there's some threats there, but we've spotted them, we've identified them, and we think we might be able to combat them, then we can take it to the next level which is potentially using our marketing mix of all the things that we do as a business, as an organization, to take our products and services to market and seeing where these opportunities and threats, where our strengths and weaknesses will align in a new marketing mix. And this might change the product set that we have. It might change the way that we go to market, the way that we serve customers. And so we're starting to get, as I said earlier, a little bit of a sense of how we're gonna respond if this world and this market is changing in front of us. And so what we're using this marketing analysis for is in essence, three things. And we're gonna draw these things together in just a moment. What we're trying to do here is to find size and scope the opportunity that we see in front of us. And if we do this really consciously, really openly, and actually really think about what we're seeing and not kind of brush it under the carpet, not kind of see an opportunity and think, oh, we're blindly going to follow that, not ignore the threats, not sort of think, oh, well, that will never happen. If we're really open and honest with ourselves over how we can serve this new world going forward, how we can respond to the opportunities and really kind of get a sense of reality reality around us, then we're starting to do proper marketing analysis. 
So we're going to use the tools, the macro, micro and internal that we're going to talk about in just a moment to draw together the opportunity to find size and scope a marketplace that was going to serve us well to achieve our goals. OK, so we're looking to find some stuff. We're looking to size the opportunity and then we're looking to scope potentially our response to that opportunity. So it's really quite simple. Macro, micro and internal analysis. And we're going to look at each of those in just a moment in um, individuality. It's really just about finding some things that we could do differently going forward. It's about sizing and understanding how much of an opportunity those things are and then scoping out our response. So it's really quite a simple process. A lot of people get hung up on a lot of the technology and the, um, the jargon, if you like, and the, um, the process that you have to go through. But actually doing a marketing analysis is really quite simple. Finding an opportunity, sizing the opportunity and scoping our response to it. And if we can start to think of it in those terms, then we start to get a bit of a grip on where we're, where we're sort of facing the changing world going forward. And of course, as we know right here, right now, listening or watching to this, we know that things are really changing. So there's a perfect time here in front of us to really do great marketing analysis. So the three things that we're going to look at now are the macro environment, the micro environment and the internal environment. And basically the macro environment, as we'll see, is the big picture. It's the big stuff that's out there, stuff that we are going to be affected by, but that we can't influence. And that's the way I would define macro. It's the big picture, the stuff that will have an impact on us, but whatever we do, we're not really going to impact on it. In other words, it's the big picture. It's the Brexit of this world. It's the COVID stuff. You know, we can do our own little stuff locally, but we're not really going to affect it in its holistic sense. So that's the macro. And we're going to look and we'll do a deep dive into each of these three in just a moment. Just sitting within that, if we look at these things as concentric circles, just within that bigger circle is the micro environment. And this is the environment that sits around our organization. Um, it's things that will definitely affect us also, like the macro environment. But in the micro environment, it's the stuff that's closer to home, the stuff that if we do something, it probably will have an impact. So it is things like our competitors. It is things like our suppliers. It's our state stakeholders, it's our customers, it's the kind of environment that sits around just outside the gates of the organisation, just outside the doors, that we can influence and that can influence us. So we're going to look at micro environment, that little bit of closer to home, but just outside the organisation. And then at the heart of these concentric circles is obviously us, our internal environment, the stuff that sits at the core of everything we do day to day. And this is where kind of we reside. So we're looking at three circles. The bigger outside one is the macro environment. The one that's just around us is the micro environment. And then the one that is us is the internal environment. And as we look at each of these three things as marketers, as business developers, as owners of businesses, we're looking to find size and scope opportunities that will allow us to kind of drive our business going forward. So let's look at the first one then. This is the big picture otherwise known as the macro analysis. This is the big one that sits outside. Now, often when you look at this, and if you do a search on, you know, give me a way of looking at macro analysis, you will see something called PESTLE or PESTER, depending on what industry you're working in. 
And this is an acronym for the Political, Economic, Social, Technological, Legal and Environmental Factors in the Bigger Picture. In other words, political stuff. So big, big picture stuff, you know, political decisions in your country or political decisions in the countries or the regions that you are looking to maybe introduce new products or services into. How are those things going to open up opportunities or present threats to you as an organization? The economic environment, the big stuff. You know, this isn't, you know, how much money you've got. This is the bigger economy. You know, are you looking at organizations or are you looking at countries or regions or markets in you know global markets that are potentially you know quite vulnerable right now are you looking to provide a service or a product into a country that is a shrinking economy or maybe it's a growing booming economy you know there are big booming economies in the world right now so are you looking to you know optimize those opportunities how is that going to sort of you know shape up the strategy that you have you know this is not local stuff close to home this is big picture stuff that sets the context for your micro and your internal analysis the social things that are actually happening now there's a lot of stuff playing out right now in terms of the way that brands are being um, sort of critiqued if you like by customers globally you know people are looking for um, you know your eco credentials for example these are social things yes it's environmental as well but it's also social factors so what kinds of things are you seeing as you look at the world in its bigger sense Technological factors as well comes into play here as part of this mix of critiquing the macro analysis. You know, how is tech serving you? You know, as we've seen through the pandemic, you know, many, many businesses are now doing communications, you know, through digital technologies, you know, AI is coming to the fore. How are these things impacting in the bigger picture, the bigger analysis that you're doing. This is not at a market level. It's not at a local level. It's not to do with your organization. It's the big stuff. How is technology serving the world right now? Are there things there that when you look at this are starting to open up opportunities for you? Think also about the legal and regulatory frameworks of the countries or the regions that you're looking to serve. You know, how are the legal things changing? How is you know, regulation changing? Of course, if we think about some of the, um, the stuff that's coming out with the COVID vaccines right now, you know, the regulatory environment in pharmaceutical, which is one of the most heavily regulated industries on the planet, is fundamentally changing. You know, those, some of those boundaries and some of those rules are breaking down now um, with the kind of open source vaccines, for example. And of course, that's quite an extreme uh, example. But in the industries that you work in, how are you seeing regulatory frameworks changing? You know, are there places in the world where regulation is a little bit lighter, where the sort of the legal entities that you're looking to deal with here are opening up opportunities for you? that are very different to the way the world was maybe a year ago. We're looking for trends here. We're not looking for a macro analysis that just says, oh, this is a snapshot in time. A lot of these analyses are going to be looking for trends. So how are things changing and flowing? How are things improving or how are things deteriorating or how are things opening up more or less opportunities? Look for trends, look for changes over time. So the macro analysis is not a one-time exercise 
is an exercise that you will conduct on quite a regular basis, keeping your ear to the ground, keeping your eyes open for the bigger picture. So we read widely, keep yourself, you know, very much sort of in tune with the bigger picture and how things are changing in the world. And some of the big things that are changing as we kind of emerge from sort of lockdowns globally um, are, you know, attention focusing back now on the environment and also ethical considerations. Customers in many, many markets are now looking at your ethical credentials. How are you sourcing your products? How are you treating your staff? How does your brand position itself versus the competition? All of these things are now coming into this big macro um, situation in this new macro world in which we live. You know, it's exciting times to be a marketer. You know, we've never had so much change before. So, you know, factoring this stuff into your macro analysis is really critical to get a really strong, strong sense of how you can operate in a global sense, if you like, in terms of how you build your brands, how you build your products and services locally. So let's bring things a little bit more close to home then. How is that going to kind of play out for you on a sort of a more local level? And this is where then we start to look at the micro analysis. This is the closer to home stuff. So not the big picture stuff. This is stuff that you can influence, but that you're probably going to see more on a day to day basis. And again, remember, we're still looking to open up opportunities and to spot the threats to help us in our decision making. So closer to home, we're looking at trends in the sector that we operate in, trends in the marketplaces that we act in day to day. We're looking at our customers here in the micro analysis. You know, are we really truly listening to our customers? We should be because they're going to give us a sense of kind of what is really going, going on in the world around us and kind of what's needed um, and give us a sense really of where those opportunities are coming from. So it's also about really kind of logging these things. And again, not snapshots. We don't want to listen to just one customer one time. What we're looking for here are sort of, you know, real signs, real kind of um, flags, if you like, of things that are happening on a consistent basis with probably many customers so that we can start to reduce the risk in, you know, investing our time and energy in the wrong things. We're also needing to factor in things and changes that are happening in our supplier base. You know, as marketers and as business developers, we often have one sort of eye on the customer, but also we need to have one eye also on the suppliers because and, and partners, you know, organizations who are kind of serving us to provide product and service out to our customers, because if we're not watching them as well in this microanalysis, we might be missing a trick. There might be better ways of sourcing the product or service that we're then going to be selling on to our customers. And of course, this introduces the idea of the wider stakeholders within and around our organization. This um, is an area in microanalysis that we need to really be factoring in. You know, it's the influences, if you like, within our industries. Those are key to getting a real sense of kind of the opportunity and any changes that are happening. This is where we will need to be doing a deep dive um, analysis of our competitors because they might be doing stuff and spotting opportunities that we haven't yet. So watching their every move comes into the microanalysis. We cannot live in a little ivory tower. We cannot assume that we're best in class. And just because we've always been you know, the best or number one in the marketplace, we're always going to see threats. So factoring in as part of your microanalysis, that world around and close to home, but not within our organization gives us a real sense of what the competition is doing 
What, are, what, are, what opportunities is that opening up for us? And of course, we can also spot opportunities within any kind of sort of industry associations or bodies that our organization is part of. And that kind of broader view of our industry or the sectors that we serve gives us a sense of kind of the trends that are happening in there. And of course, we can spot those as well from the media. So what are the journalists in your industry talking about right now? What is their sense of confidence, if you like? And if you serve multiple markets, kind of how is the sense of kind of realism within those marketplaces playing out right now? And how has that changed over the last six months, 12 months, two years, three years? we're looking here to really get a sense of the market pestle analysis if you like and bringing in the environmental factors any kind of local sort of regulations that might be changing we want to be not necessarily first to market but we want to be consciously in the market at the right time doing the right things and by keeping an ear to the ground, keeping an eye on everything that moves, everything that changes within our marketplace, we then get a sense of real opportunity that is quite tangible, that gives us an opportunity then to do a proper internal analysis of our response to the macro and micro environment. Now, this is going to open up some real opportunities for doing things better and really optimising on the resources and the time that we have available to us, because that's ultimately what we're looking to do here. So when I talk about internal analysis, what I'm after is our starting point for a response to those trends that we see in the macro and the micro analysis that we've done. So I would always start from outside, always look at the big picture, start with macro, then come a little bit closer to home, then move into that micro thing, and then look inside our organization to get a sense of, okay, so what's our capability to respond to those changes, to those opportunities and those threats. And then what are our competencies? And I want to just give you a little view as to what the differences are between capabilities and competencies, because this is really important stuff when we're looking to see how we can prioritize how we're going to respond to what we see in the world around us. So the capabilities are things that we're capable as a business of doing, but our competencies are things that we do better than the competition out of those lists of capabilities. So capabilities, what we can do, competencies, what we do best. Somebody in a, um, a, a group session that I was uh, teaching once um, came up with a beautiful analogy here, which is for a decathlete. So somebody who maybe is at the Olympics doing the 10 events in the decathlon, they have the capability of doing the 10 events, but their competencies are the one or two events out of those 10 that they're very likely to get the most points in because they're better than the other athletes. And I thought that was a lovely way of, you know, summarizing the difference between capability and competency. So all the time you're after those competencies out of the list of capabilities that you have. And from those competencies, you might have one, maybe even two, that is your USP, your unique selling point. Now, if we rest on our laurels and think, well, it's always what it's always been, then we're probably quite naive because, as we've already seen, the macro and micro environment is changing radically and drastically and um, very, very quickly right now. So the chances of our USPs and competencies being the same ones that were, the, that were here last year or two years ago is very, very slight. So we've got to constantly review this. How do we, how should we, how could we respond to these market changes by constantly reviewing 
both the competencies and capabilities we have to respond and react to those changes. So how can we do that? Well, I would always say there's a list of things we can do as we're looking to analyze our internal organization. And I'd always start, as lots of, the, of you have uh, listened to me before will know that I always begin with purpose. What's the purpose of the organization? And it's not to sell products and services, it's to provide value to everybody, sustainable value on a long-term basis to those around you and to the environment around you. It's that higher level, almost highest level reason for being as an organization so does that really fit with your micro and macro analysis or have you got some misalignment because there's an opportunity for debating that and maybe bringing that to a team meeting that would be an interesting one to discuss how does your strategy now align with what you've seen from the outside world this is all part of the analysis do you know what your strategy is that kind of two to three year view up to the, the visible horizon looking forward in time how does that now respond or sit? Is it sit comfortably with the macro or micro environment that you've created or viewed? You can also now look at what I would term the new marketing mix, the product, the people, the processes and the profit that you're looking to establish going forward. Are there opportunities of those things to be adapted, maybe changed, maybe optimised? Maybe you've got it absolutely right, but maybe there's room for improvement. This internal analysis will allow you to do deep dives into those things, into the products. Are we creating a product pipeline of new product introduction that really serves the market that we've now viewed in a micro and macro way? Have we got the right people? Have we got the right skill sets? Are we rewarding the right kind of people who bring innovation to the table? Am I being rewarded as a marketer for bringing this brilliant insight into the organization? Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. What am I going to do about it? You see what, what's happening here? There's lots of opportunities for change. There's lots of opportunity for adapting what you've always done. And if anybody, anybody says to you the phrase, that immortal phrase, but we've always done it like this, show them the door. Because as you can see right here, right now, within a changing environment, there is no time or space for anybody who is resting on their laurels, who is thinking that what they were doing yesterday is still relevant going forward. Get those people out of the business. You really don't need them. Train them, or if they're not willing to adapt, they need to leave. Seriously, I'm not joking here. This is too changeable as an environment and a context. You know, we live in times where change is a constant. So we have to be adapting our processes to create the profits and the sustainability of a business going forward. We cannot do what we did yesterday. We've got to be continually reinventing ourselves to respond to those macro and micro things that we're seeing as priorities. And so, of course, we've got to be analysing internally our resources. Have we got the right people? Have we got the right budgets? Have we got the right time allocated to the things that we're doing to respond to those opportunities and threats? If we haven't, we need to be telling the organisation that it's time to change. Are the structures in place to allow us to do that? Is innovation, is change welcomed? Or do we have a culture and a value in the organization that no, we're just gonna to protect today. We're not really looking forward. I will take a big deep intake of breath there and say, now is the time to maybe challenge that. 
So the internal analysis is so, so important to be viewing this in the context of the macro. And that's why we put internal at the heart of it, because it's what you come to. It's the core of the response to the micro and macro in those concentric circles that allow us to start to make some really, really sound decisions based on the things that we see. So what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with this marketing analysis that we've done? So we've done the macro, big picture, we've done the micro, things that are closer to home, and we've looked internally to see the opportunities and the threats and how potentially we can respond to those. That's our internal analysis. And we've probably used the SWOT analysis to present that and to hopefully identify some priorities, priorities of what we're going to do tomorrow and what we're going to do next. So how can we actually use the internal analysis and the micro and the macro to make business better, to realign and reshape our priorities? Well, one of the things we can do is to maybe use it to start our planning process. Maybe we can use it to refine our marketing plan for this year or for next year. Um, it could be, if you're using something like SOSTAC, for example, it could be the start of SOSTAC. It's the situation. It's that first step of the context of our marketing plan. Because, of course, if we just start our marketing plan from where we were last year, we'll add a little bit on to that and we'll hope that that sticks or we'll just do the same again we're missing a trick as we've already seen. It could also be used for evidence for confident decision-making. You know, if you're being asked to come up with an evaluation of something, if you've done your macro, micro and internal analysis, you've got the context, you can have the context and the evidence to make those confident decisions, those yes, no things that come into the everyday of things that I can do, things that I'm being presented with to prioritise. So it's a great baseline to allow you to have the confidence to be able to prioritise the things you're being asked to do. It's also really, really effective to back up your arguments. No longer do you have to say, well, I don't really sure kind of why I know this, but I kind of I've got a gut feel it's the right thing to do. No, now you can use your marketing analysis to back up your arguments because you'll have the data, you'll have the qualitative, you'll have the quantitative view of the marketplace. You really will truly be reflecting the voice of the customer and the actions of the competition and taking the perspective of all the stakeholders that are really important. You'll be providing really added value context around the arguments that you're looking to put into the business. You'll also be able to establish the baseline for trends. You know, I've mentioned this word trends as we've been going through this, and it's really, really important to remember this is not a one-time activity. But if this is you starting off, if you've never done a market analysis before, if you've never done macro or micro, and you've never truly looked to do a deep dive into the opportunities and threats and prioritise those in an internal analysis, then at least by doing this the first time, you've got a baseline for then doing it again and seeing if there's anything that's changed because unless you've actually done it the first time you've got nothing to compare it to so by at least making a start you can confidently say yeah you know I'm actually I'm, I'm getting there I'm actually doing something that we weren't doing before so I'd strongly suggest if you've never done it before at least giving it a go right now and of course ultimately what it's allowing you to do is to guide wider smart business objectives this is stuff that you can play further upstream in the organization we've talked a lot about marketing here because i know a lot of you are listening and watching this um, obviously are in marketing roles 
you're doing apprenticeships, you're studying, um, and you're looking to add value to the organization. But this is the kind of stuff that without this, the organization can be making the wrong business decisions with its higher level business objectives. And of course, by making these objectives smart, but driven by really, really strong marketing analysis, it gives you the opportunity to do things at the higher level that is really responding properly and correctly and with evidence and with confidence to the marketplace around it. So for me, that's probably the key reason. And it's allowing marketing to position itself as part of a really, really coordinated strategic business development process. So it starts to really add value at the highest level within the organization. And to be honest, without that, you know, you really are just doing things at a tactical level. But get this right, start to use this as confident, evidence-based decision-making across the organization. Then it allows the organization to optimize all that it does in terms of its use of resources, but it starts to then really focus on where it can make the biggest difference to the world around it. And so what's not to like? As a business decision maker, evidence-based stuff based around a context that really joins up the organization and its position in the marketplace around it, well, that surely is the best way to build on the competencies that you have and to keep your organization at a sustainable level into the future.